Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the Euro K Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks to my sponsors that we just talked about, and thanks to you once again for tuning in. I'm so grateful to be here with you guys. Again, this is another episode of the Todd Sylvester's Belief Cast. We're trending, and we are making a difference in the world, and it's so great because it's because of you and then also the guests that we have on who come on and they get vulnerable and they share their stories, and it inspires me because I get to be here firsthand with them. And I know it inspires you from all the comments that I receive. And today I'm joined by a really amazing person named Joshua Hall. Joshua, thank you for joining us. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Joshua Hall, I've known you now. It's been, what, well over a year, I would imagine, at this point. Probably yeah. even closer to two years. That's right. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a little bit uh, about Joshua. He is a husband, father, entrepreneur, singer. Guy loves to sing. He's going to talk a lot about that today. Um, he's had a few uh, amazing inspirational epiphanies this week, and I can't wait to hear about him. He's a tennis player, and he's also recovered from pornography. Um, he was addicted to that, and he's going to open up about that. And that's not a the funnest subject to talk about, but I'm grateful that he's willing to talk about it. Um, he's, you know, his energy and love is for life is contagious, uh, and I can agree with that. You are one of the most positive people I've ever met. Uh, one thing I love about you too is. You know, Joshua does a lot of work for me. If you've seen my beautiful website, if you've seen my beautiful logos, if you've seen the beautiful BeliefCast logo, it's Joshua. He's the one that's doing all this. So I not only know him um, on a personal level, he also helps me with my business. And uh, your work is uh, fantastic, by the way. Well, thank you. I just love it. Um, you know, you're uh, you're at a marketing agency called Webinots. Did I say that right? Yep. Um, where you empower small businesses to make smarter marketing decisions through marketing data systems and coaching. Uh, you have a personal passion uh, for getting people to sing. Uh, I don't know if that'll happen today with me, but uh, <laughs> your goal is to help millions of people understand and utilize the health benefits that singing can bring into their lives. He's performed all over the uh, East Coast and in in an acapella group. Did I say that right? Acapella. Acapella group. Yep. Um, this led, led him to work with, uh, with performers in Branson, Missouri, and now in Utah, including singing with Deborah Bonner, who's also on my podcast. That's right. uh, she's an amazing woman. So shout out to Deborah, You're awesome. 
And so, Joshua, I, let's get right to it. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I'm the second of seven kids and oh, uh, got an older brother, uh, four younger sisters, and then uh, another younger brother. And um, we moved a lot. I originally, I was born in Vernal, Utah, uh, mm-hmm. lived in Logan, lived in Cheyenne, uh, moved down to Las Cruces, New Mexico, then to Amarillo, Texas, Muleshoe, Texas, um, Hatch, New Mexico. But mo- most of my, like, uh, the end of my junior high and all of my high school years was in Muleshoe, Texas. Okay. And uh, my family owned a print shop. Um, most of the, all that moving happened because uh, my dad was getting uh, new job opportunities okay. and we weren't afraid to yeah go with the test flow it and, out yeah, yeah and uh, gave some pretty amazing <laughs> experiences in all those areas um and then uh i went and uh, served a mission in uh, porto alegre brazil mm-hmm. uh, for two years and and then i uh, went to southern virginia university after that and okay um, met my wife on the tennis team. We were both uh, recruited for tennis there. And, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So we, we both played tennis there uh, for the team. That was the first year that they had an official, it, it switched from a club team to a um, an NAIA at that time. Oh, okay. Uh, a division, and now they're, I think they're NCAA th- Division three. I think now. But um, who's, so your fav- who's your favorite tennis player? Who do you, who'd you follow when you were growing up? Uh, so it was... Pete Sampras and um, Andy Roddick were oh, kind of my yeah. first ones that I really connected with. I, I wasn't into tennis, uh, but I really loved watching it. And I thought it was amazing. Um, my my person was Boris Becker. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I loved how just gritty he was, and he was always diving, it seemed like, you know, that kind of guy. And So anyway, I was just curious yeah. on who you followed. Yeah, now, now I watch, I mean, definitely – I love uh, the Williams sisters and, and, um, yeah. I love, uh, Roger Federer and, uh, Rafael Nadal and, and, yeah. uh, a lot, of, there's just a lot of, a lot of good energy in, in the sport right now. Yeah. And so it's fun. To, to yeah. Watch. And it seems like everyone you just mentioned, they're just good people too, mm-hmm. you know, outside of that, it feels that way. Yeah. And that's what really attracts me to, uh, the tennis players I, I like it. They're good at their sport and they tend to be good people. Yeah. And, Right so. on. So you met your wife and, yeah. uh, I like to say I fell in love where love means nothing. <laughs> Tennis scoring is zero is love. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but, uh, that's good. Yeah. So we, I, uh, <laughs> I worked with her and uh, it was worked with her. Uh, I, um, yeah, just really, you know, had to chase after her. And yeah. we, we, now when we tell our story now, it was like one was really interested and the other wasn't, and then it flipped, and then it like flipped back and forth <laughs> several times, and then we finally were on the same page, and and uh, we got married, and and uh, yeah, we then we moved to Branson, Missouri, where I worked with a performance group uh, yeah. called the Bretts, um, and okay. helped uh, kind of the beginnings of a uh, a group called Prince Ivan, um, worked with pretty much everyone that was out there, Andy Andy Williams, the Osmond brothers, and, yeah. Uh, um, uh, a lot of others that were in that area that just great entertainers, um, great families that live out in Branson, yeah. fun place to live. Uh, we were there for six years. Um, and we had three kids during that time, uh, one boy, two girls. Uh, and then we moved and we just, I felt like my life was kind of at a wall, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I just couldn't, couldn't figure it out, but it, it was like, Heavenly Father was like, 
you're done here. And I fought that feeling for a year. Um, and finally I, I was like, all right, honey, we're, let's move to, <laughs> to uh, Utah. Cause we want, we were expecting our fourth child and, okay. and wanted to be near more family. And by that time, my family had all kind of migrated back to Utah. And so we, we got it. We took a leap of faith and just came out here, had a few little things, but they didn't, they didn't really pan out, uh, super well, but, yeah. um, then got a great job, um, in, in marketing and, and in print publication. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of, you know, opportunities grew there. And then I, I managed a snack delivery company for a long time, uh, called snack dash. Uh, and that was so fun just stocking break rooms and things for all oh, the t- right big on. tech companies. Okay. COVID hit and no one was in the office anymore. Yeah. No one needed snacks. Yeah. And so, so <laughs> I, uh, I kind of downsized myself and, and, my brother-in-law own, owns that company. Um, they're still, and they're, they're picking back up doing great things oh, good, now. Good. But I, I took that as a kind of launch into my own thing with, um, my friend Paul Moore and Patrick Cross, and they invited me to join them on a marketing agency endeavor. So I, I did that and that's when I met you. And yeah, so and you guys do excellent work and that's, seriously, you guys are the best yeah. of the best in my opinion. Thanks. Cause I've had a lot of marketers and graphic designers over the years and what I think what's so good about you guys is you follow through with what you say you're going to do. Like, I can't tell you how many I've worked in the past. There's no follow through zero. And you guys are really upfront. Like, here's what it'll take. And you always follow through. So I just want to give a little props to you guys that that really does stand out that you guys live up to what you say you're going to do. And that's, that's pretty rare in my opinion. Well, that's a a big part of, of my life. You know, yeah. like what's important to me, what I value. And, yeah. and, uh, that's, that's one of my driving principles. Really? So yeah. let's go back to, as a child, did you, what were some of the principles you learned from your family that, you know, you just mentioned yeah. that one, but is there some things, some lessons that you learned that you can that stand out to you? Yeah. I mean, um, we had, uh, the, there's seven kids in our family <laughs> and, uh, so, we uh, a little crazy and wild, right? Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it was always, uh, but but it was a lot of fun. And uh-huh. um, we, uh, my mom, uh, she loved to play pranks and stuff on us. Like she'd take our our bowl of cereal, like we'd put milk in our cereal, turn to put the milk away, and then when we look back, our cereal's gone. And we had to run around the house trying to find like where what to go. Closet mom was hiding <laughs> in eating our cereal, you know. And uh, and uh, we worked hard. My dad. Um, he's just, you know, a really hardworking man and, mm-hmm. and, uh, but he always also loved to have fun. So he'd in- include us in some of that fun. And we, uh, just did a lot of things as a family. We, we always traveled as a family. I would say that traveling as a family in that many people in one small vehicle, like, uh, we'd, uh, our van or whatever, we'd travel cross country and go do things. And, and that time in the van, um, was, was critical to our, our development. And we did a lot mm-hmm. of time, a lot of like, um, in Muleshoe, Texas, the closest church, uh, uh, that we attended was, uh, in New Mexico, 45 minutes away. Oh wow! So every Sunday, every youth night on Wednesdays, that, that was our drive. And then really? we'd go to Roswell, New Mexico for our steak dances and stuff. So a lot of time was spent in, in, in the car and I, <laughs> we sang a lot. We had a lot of great discussions. Yeah. We, 
Um, we listen to a lot of great uh, audiobooks and stuff together. And so that I really cherished that, that time in, in the vehicle, you know, and, and, uh, growing as a family in that way. But we also worked together in Muleshoe. We, we owned the print shop and that was our family farm. Oh, really? Yeah. You know? And okay. so, um, we would, everyone would pitch in yeah, and help we, out. We and... had a system. We, we did the, uh, in Texas football is everything. Oh yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, but Friday nights we were getting, uh, the program ready for, uh, I mean, Thursday to going into Friday, we were just hammering out the football program, getting it ready so that it could be there at the game. And, uh, that, that was a big thing. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it, but it, it, it taught us to just ebb and flow with, with life, you know, and, uh, had a friend who was on their very first, uh, date, uh, kind of, and I felt uh-huh. bad cause this was their first date going <laughs> yeah. to homecoming and our programs weren't done. And so all our group of friends that were going to go out and go do something fun, we, uh, they all just pitched in and helped us collate and get the programs out the door. And really, yeah. So, um, so that was, uh, the, and we, we made it happen and, and, but I, I did feel really bad for that friend that their yeah, first right. date was ruined by our, uh, our heart. Or, or maybe work, it was enhanced. Maybe when they look back on it and went, you know I what, that actually so. was pretty cool because we helped out. I right, giving so. service to someone. Yeah. Well, you know, you're a, you know, you're a very energetic person. You're very positive and happy. Have you always been like that? Were you like that as a kid too? Just you know, I I would say yes. Actually, uh, my my mom jokes that uh, when um, she gave me and my older brother to a brown bag, and uh, she said, "Go find some treasures." She just was. <laughs> Like, yeah. get out of the house yeah, go leave <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um i a little while later i come back and my bag is full i've got rocks i've got uh, chewing gum wrappers i've got all these things and she's like oh as i'm explaining with the excitement and <laughs> and uh also my headboard i had treasures it had like crusts of bread another thing like everything was a treasure to me and but my brother when she asked he was like casey where's where's your present and where's your stuff he's like yeah. i didn't find anything good and i i think that was a, a very moment for my brother because he's a very positive person too but that yeah. like definitely i like that's me right there trying to find the joy in life and, in all of and it stuff yeah yeah and yeah well i can you know just again rubbing shoulders with you for a couple of years that's just how i how you come across you're very positive and happy and you know, I, I'm sure you're, I know you're not perfect, but you, you know, I never seen you frustrated. I know I call you a lot and <laughs> I keep thinking, man, he's probably like, oh boy, it's Todd again. No, I <laughs> but you, just, you just have such a good attitude about everything. It seems yeah, like. Yeah. And, I, and life experiences have <laughs> like, and, and I'll say that going into the, like, um, going into the pornography stuff. Yeah, like, we'll get there for sure. Um, like I, I did have an idea of a front that I wanted to put. I knew what I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, but like, and, and so I kind of crafted that as an image um, of who I knew I wanted to be, mm-hmm. but it, it, it wasn't always like what I actually felt. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think anyone hearing your voice right now could relate to that. I think we all had times in our lives that we wanted to be a, and, and be a certain way, but yet sometimes our actions weren't backing it up. I think that's the human experience. We're yeah. trying to get those two in a line, right? I think that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Um, you know, you're you're pretty open now about uh, having an addiction to pornography, and 
you know, just for our listeners, um, I'm sure they have a family member who might be struggling with that or they know of someone and maybe they're not sure, you know, how to, to talk to them about it. But I'm just grateful that you're willing to come talk about it. When did that start? And maybe just kind of talk about that journey. Yeah, so I, th- I think some there. I'm still trying to figure it all out, like all the beginnings and stuff, how it really led to it. Yeah. Like some of the things that I've felt are like, I remember, uh, I don't remember exactly happened, what happened, but it feels like a bully or something. But there was a, a moment in my childhood that I remember just like kind of cutting off my emotions. Like, I'm not going to let you get to me. You you don't yeah. get to know what's inside of me, yeah. really. And, yeah. and, um, and then I just kind of started to live in my head and, and, um, and kind of disconnect from emotions. And then what, what I was feeling outside was like how my brain thought that emotion should be expressed or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then when I was about 15, 16, I I was lucky. I mean, most people uh, nowadays it's like nine, 10, they've already experienced uh, pornography or, you know, but, um, but I was like 15, 16 and a kid on uh, the bus, he, he pulled out pornography and just shoved it in my face. Cause everyone knew I had high standards. Everyone knew, um, that so I was like, we're going to get him to look at yeah, this, I mean, whether he this, wants to or not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and the, I saw that and I just, I, I didn't know how to get that image out of my head. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was like, I was already kind of uh, curious at that stage anyways. Sure. Like, right. Yeah. And, and so it was like, I didn't know what to do really with that image and it kind of festered. And, and then like, because it, like I, I got a, away with that one thing and it, it and it didn't like seem to change yeah. too much or what yeah, I didn't right. even recognize that, you know, what was happening. But then I, I, found some magazines or other things, you know, and like, and so then I, I would try to hide and I could get away with little things that I could hide and and figure this out and what's going on, you know, explore that. And, but I, I just, I really, I, I didn't have anyone, well, I didn't know how to talk about what I was going through. Right. Like, um, and it wasn't at that time, there wasn't a lot of people talking about it. And so it wasn't a generally like, yeah, it's a little more talked about now, but yeah. back then not so much. Right. Yeah. And which and made it harder for you to be able to express. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, like my, and so finally I talked to my older brother about it and he revealed that he was having some of those, uh, I don't know to the extent, uh, what, right. what he was going through, but he had similar feelings about, some of the things and um i like my dad is my hero yeah. you know, and he still is you know will always be yeah and um when we approached him i know he wishes he could relive this moment and would totally diff- do it differently but when we approached him and talked about it, because we had had great conversations before about other th- stuff, yeah. but when he and I approached our dad, and we said, you know, we told him what was going on and what the issue was. And uh, my dad's a jokester, and tried, you know, his his response was, "Oh, my sons are per- are uh, perverts," and 
just kind of joking and trying to make uh, you know make the situation so he could tie it yeah so but like it hit me so deep that i I was like i'm not gonna talk to you about any of this ever again yeah like uh, and i've talked to him since that but that's what you were thinking in the moment moment, i was like man i i can't do it (laughs) and so i shut off for a long time i was like i'm gonna figure this out on my own i yeah i i uh, so because i was already in that that habit with my emotions already before that and so i uh i tried oh man i tried and i did pretty great um so to speak i i never liked it like that feeling and stuff and and um and so i i was always trying and working and and um doing good things but uh, to, to, to help me. Um, but I could just never, I could never just get rid of it all the way, you know? And, um, and then, uh, I, I went on a mission and was doing pretty good. I mean, Brazil, it is tough to, to focus like, because there's beer posters all over that are way worse than what are in America. But, um, but I got pretty good at, at shutting those things out and um, and just really focusing on, on what I was supposed to do and focusing on people trying. And um, and then after after uh, I got back, I went to Southern Virginia University. There's a lot of great influences around there. Um, and I just kept working with it. And um, But um, even when I started dating my wife, I, I told her about it. I, I was becoming a lot more open about it. Yeah, like, you didn't want to hide it from her to yeah, say, hey, here's no. what I've been struggling with. Yeah, and, and so I was so grateful, as she told me later, that, that the Spirit told her in that moment when I talked to her about it, because we were starting to talk about marriage and everything at that point, and she she had this impression that this is going to be part of it, your marriage for a while, but he will overcome this. And that gave her enough hope to take a chance to on take it. a chance. Yeah. yeah. And she saw that I was always trying to get better. Yeah. And that I was always trying to, to work on it, but I couldn't just get the traction that I wanted to just shut it totally out. Right. Yeah. And, um, worked with, with a lot of different individuals, uh, yeah. the, the, uh, bishops of our, uh, or it would be a pastor in other congregations. I worked mm-hmm. with them, um, and got advice, counsel, and, uh, but when we made that faith move from Branson, Missouri to Utah, we were put in, um, and we were in Bountiful, Utah, and the area there, all the, the churches in that area were having great success against pornography, and it was yeah. something openly talked about. They were having, um, Saturday events where speakers were coming in and really, yeah. And, um, I met with my church leader and, uh, expressed, you know, my struggle and my desire to just be done with it. And he said, I want you to go to this group. It's called men of Moroni, which was near, it was up in Kaysville. So not too far from there. And he said, "I, I want you to go through that program. And I was like, done. I, I want to be yeah, so I want to do whatever this. I can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to figure it out on my own. Yeah. And, uh, so I went to that program 
And the first day that I got back, I came to my wife. I was like, honey, this is it. Like, this is, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been praying for. Yeah, right. And this is like, I'm going to heal. Now I need you to heal. And like, after that, like she, she totally like let it all out, all the pain and everything that I was like, I had been causing and her self-worth and other yeah, things that wow. had affected her. So she really opened up in that moment. Yeah. And, and she's, she's like, How, it's not fair that he's healing. And I'm like all these really feelings like she's like, yeah. what, what's going on? Yeah. You know? And so thankfully they also had a program called women of worth, um, that coincided with the program oh, yeah. okay. to, to uh, work with that. And so as I was going through that, she was attending the, the women of worth and, um, and we, we both, like it, it was, it was this tense for a while, but as we, as we went through it and we started learning the tools necessary that, that to really make effective change, like that, that started us on a, an amazing trajectory together as a couple and individually in our, our self-worth and, and, uh, in our, uh, ability to move forward. And then, um, uh, then we, d- I went on to become a, a mentor, uh, in that same program okay. for a while and help. I did that for about another year after, which also probably at the same time was helping you. Yeah, it was. But then it came to a point where it was like, heavenly father, like I couldn't get, I needed another level. I wanted another level yeah. and, and I felt like I couldn't get that there anymore. Like, and yeah, it's just needed to move on to something. Yeah. And so, so I uh, just kind of, I was like, all right, what, what is that? And then, um, I, that's, that's when I started to, to get involved with, um, like your uh, mentality and stuff, the the stuff that you like, I am recovered. Like it's possible to be totally recovered from this and not not linger on like I'm always going to struggle with this. Yeah. I'm like that, that mentality really blew me away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I felt that I've known that that could be possible this yeah. whole time. And, um, and so, uh, I, uh, started to just do more of that mindfulness and stuff. Yes. And, and, uh, yeah. um, and actually, down in, down in an area, my I saw my sister and my brother in law. Uh, they hired a a coach to work with them as a couple, and they started seeing just like they just carried themselves differently. Yeah. And, and I was like, I want to go through that too. Yeah. And so my wife and I started doing that, and um, and I started to see some improvement. But I I I felt this thing inside of me that was like, this has to get out, but I'm so terrified of it. It's our, it's our light that makes us most afraid, right? Not our darkness. Yeah. Right. And that is so true to what I was feeling. I was like, I was realizing that this whole time, a lot of the struggle with pornography was because I was running from that feeling. Yeah. I knew I was meant for so much more. Yeah. I knew it inside and I was afraid. I was yeah. afraid to express that. I was afraid to like grow that. And, 
Um, and so I didn't know what to do with that feeling. Um, but recently, this this last week, actually, I, I was just, uh, so for months and months, I, I've been struggling, like, what is my purpose? What am I doing? What What is that feeling that I feel yeah. so strongly inside? Yeah. And um, I, I attended an event and uh, where Baron Baptiste uh, was uh, speaking now. He is, uh, uh, some call him the, um, I guess he would be like the father of modern yoga. Like yeah. he, he made yoga, the, the beginnings of it. Cool. Yeah. And where, <laughs> yeah. And, and he talked about how his, uh, how his uh, parents, uh, I think his dad was like Mr. Universe and his mom was Mrs. America. And, right. and uh, they were really into back in the fifties and were really big into, um, the, uh, the whole Eastern, uh, you know, yoga meditation right. and kind of the religious yep. side of it. And, and, uh, he got teased to no end in in uh, San Francisco at the time, and they had the only practice in in that area. And he got gum in his hair, beat up, all all these Jeez. things. And so yeah. he hated hated yoga so much. But then when he was in college, he was dealing with stress and like, what can I do with this? And then he realized he had the tools to deal with it. stress. Yeah, right. And so he kind of <laughs> stripped it down, and he was a, a personal uh, fitness coach at the time, and. And at the end of each of his sessions with his clients, he would start to add a little bit in and they would ask for more and more and more. Mm. And, and so the, the, that yoga movement kind of started, he coined the phrase power yoga. So that's kind of the, um, but, um, the area that he was focused on, but, um, as, uh, so as he was sharing his story, all of a sudden, like a, a vision opened up before my eyes, like of, of my way of coping with stress of how, what do I do? And what, what is my, uh, my superpower in that? Cause you always say like your, your addiction is your wake up call to your greatness, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so superpower, man. Right. And so I realized that I love to sing. I love to sing. Like uh, sometimes I say I have musical Tourette's because it just like comes <laughs> out of me without me thinking about it much. And, and, uh, and I've realized I, I've just always felt like, man, there's gotta be, uh, some secrets in there, you know, some science of why singing is so important. Not, yeah. uh, and, uh, and so in that moment I saw myself on stage with thousands of people and I was walking them through like tonation and stuff and, and helping them improve their lives yeah. through singing. Like, and, and the phrase sing your way to better health just, uh, just came across you. and I started to see the equipment and the things that, that could help me, the yeah. people that could help me, the things that will happen to help me along this journey. It was crazy. It was like this whole thing just opened up be- before my eyes. And for in that moment, I was like, this is what I've been being prepared for. This is what, what I have been prepared for. And, and so at the time I had no idea, I just had a feeling that there was uh, a benefit to singing. Um, but in the last several days, cause it hasn't been very long, but in the last several days I've acted on that feeling and I actually hired Deborah to be to. I want to learn from her because she does this kind of teaching. She does. She helps people that yeah. way. Yeah, and she's so, amazing. 
So she, she has a, a program called your true voice, which I've been around, uh, your true voice.com. And, and it, it helps people really unlock their true voice. And as, um, as I've been around it, I've just had, really enjoyed that feeling, but like I've, I've looked more at the science and, and singing helps you with your mental health. It yeah. helps you with your, your confidence. It helps you uh, with your social interactions that like choir singing and stuff. It, it really boosts that. Um, it even reduces pain and, and so much more. There's, there's so much research out there. Initially I was like, I don't know if there's any, Yeah, right. And, but I'm willing to find out. I'm willing to, you know, do the research myself. I, I like, that's the kind of drive that I felt at that moment. I was like, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to, to show that this is a thing that this yeah. can help you <laughs> in your life. It can be one of those tools in your box. Obviously right. our, our toolbox needs to be full of a, a bunch of different tools, but that's the tool that's for me to help the world recognize. Yeah. And, um, and I do use singing all the time in the car, in the shower, in uh, just walking. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I just sing and, and it, that's my, that's my way of de-stressing your coping. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's helped me in, in so many ways. And, and the last several months since like May, I started, um, uh, every Sunday I, I would just record myself and I just start singing a hymn or something to, yeah. to just kind of make Sundays a special day for people. Yeah. And initially it was like, Oh, this is going to be something for other people, you know? But as I've done it, I'm like, Whoa, this is for me. It's opened <laughs> me up. Right. And, uh, and so it's been so helpful for me, um, to, to do that and, and put myself out there a little bit more. And, and so I, I want to help people to utilize this gift that they were given at birth, you yeah. know? And cause I, as babies, we, we were unafraid to use that gift. Yeah. We do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I always say to my clients, it's not, it's not being, ch we're, we're, we're not trying to get you to be childish, but to be childlike and childlike. We were believing we loved everyone. We loved ourselves. We had faith as big as the universe, right? We, we did whatever we wanted to do and we didn't worry about what someone might think or not think of us. Yeah. Right. And that's basically what I hear what you're saying, right? Is that exactly. correct? Yep. Yeah. Wow. What a story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I, I know, you know, pornography is pretty prevalent out there. A lot of people struggle with it. a lot of my clients who come see me are struggling with it and it's not just male, it's female as well. And, um, and it's unfortunate because they get caught up in that and, Right. And, and it can feel like I'm never going to get past this. I mean, this is one of those things that I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life. But I love what you said because it's what I teach as well is I really believe you can be recovered. And I've seen it. If people go, Todd, where do you even come up with that? Well, one, in my own life, you know, I've had my own bouts with pornography, especially back when I was in my addiction with alcohol and drugs. And back when I was going through it, you definitely didn't talk about it. It was like, you kept that silence, man. There's a lot of shame around it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm here to say you can be recovered from it. And I know that's what you're saying too. And doesn't mean it's easy, right? right? It took years. It took it took you fighting and, and doing whatever you could to figure that out. But man, that gives everyone listening to this right now who may be struggling with it, or if you know someone, this gives them hope. Oh, and, and that's the thing that I was like, why I'm willing to share it one just being open and vulnerable, bringing it out of the darkness that it, it is hidden in is important for it to heal. Yeah. And then two, like, um, when you 
the the effects of pornography on you as a person it it checks you out of life yeah. like you become a, an observer you yeah. don't get to live life like, yeah. it, and you don't get to experience all those things and, and for the longest time i found my self-worth in making other people's dreams happen because i was i couldn't dream for my own self i couldn't feel like I was worth, you know, any of those, uh, those dreams that I had, it, it wouldn't actually happen to me. Anytime yeah. I dreamed, it actually made it harder, uh, because I, I felt just yeah. worthless. And so it would drive me back into pornography. Yeah. Um, but when, when I started to heal and started to rip away those layers and started to discover myself again and come alive, um, after that, I mean, we're talking about 20 years. Yeah. Uh, of of dealing with time, this yeah. and and uh, just as I ripped away those those layers, like and and I discovered the light that was already in there, you know. Yeah. Um, that's when things really started to move, and that's when you know making a commitment and going. That's why that's so important. You you talked about um, that for for my work when I say I'm going to do something. Like it's important to me that I do yeah, that thing, yeah. like because I'm I'm committing to myself and yeah. and uh, little things are big wins. Like uh, I actually today's the first day that I I'm I, so for at the beginning of the year I was like oh well not the beginning of the year but um, several months ago I I decided I was going to go off sugar like added sugar right. and I made that I was like okay. That seems like a, a huge thing yeah. because uh, it's in everything. But yeah. I made the conscious choice to be aware that I was going to cut that out. Yeah. And as I was doing that, like my kids knew my goal and everything. And so they would, they would say, dad, hey, dad, no, dad, that has, that has sugar in it. Oh, thanks. Here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then it gave me enough confidence to do another thing that I'd really wanted to do is I wanted to try going without meat for a few months. And so, um, yeah. today's actually, uh, I made it three months and today I can eat meat again. You know, let's go get a hamburger. My, that's right. Let's, let's do it, man. <laughs> Double decker. It doesn't even seem like that <laughs> enticing anymore, right, yeah. but, <laughs> uh, but like I, I made a commitment to myself Yeah, and, and I set reasonable boundaries, sure. like reasonable, like I did have some meat in there when, uh, cause I, 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 as part of my goal, I was like, I, I know, I'm going to get, be invited to summer parties and things. And if it's a really inconvenience, I'm going yeah, to, you're going to just, gonna yeah, exactly. Just but no, I like that. It's just being reasonable and, you know, and, and doing it the right way. Well, I, man, I'll tell you, I, I love that power of a commitment. You know, I was just talking to a group before you came in here, here, here at Wasatch about that very thing about when we commit to ourselves, it's amazing what we can do. And I, and I, I think what I'm hearing you say, Joshua, is that because of what you went through with pornography and going through that battle and that fight and then, you know, and then getting to the point where eventually you were committed, like, I, I know this is it. I'm moving forward now. You almost basically taught yourself you can do anything. Is that fair? Now. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, and, um, and the more I, I share it and take away that that uh, uh attachment that it, it it had on me as a person like as uh, you know part of sometimes we a lot of times we claim that mm -hmm. as part of us and don't keep it separate like 
uh, I'm a pornography addict. No, I am a person who was addicted to pornography. Yeah. Like, yeah, it doesn't identify you like, in yeah. this moment. And so the more yeah. I separate that from my identity and just yeah. put it out there. And, and Amen. Did you hear that, people, what he just said? <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. I used to be a drug addict or alcoholic. I'm not anymore. I'm right. clean. Right. Right. And I love that because that's the truth. And you're smart enough to know if you go back to it, you're probably stuck back into it again. Right. You get that. You're not trying to deny that it's not there. But the truth is what you're doing is you're actually really back to who you were before it ever started. Right. And I like that person a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. So amazing. Um, so what, what would you tell someone right now who has a family member maybe who's caught into, caught into that and they're kind of frustrated, they're not quite sure what to do? I know this is a big question because yeah. I know every situation is maybe a little different and every person reacts differently. Right. What would you tell them? What well, would you say? And I, I would say, uh, going to my wife, like the, the very first time that I told her, mm -hmm. she didn't overreact. Right. And that made all the difference in the world. Yeah. And she never it overreacted when I you know, would. Kind of a little different than what your dad did. Even though your dad was kind of half joking. Right. It wasn't right. that hurtful, so maybe I, shameful thing. Right. And I, yeah. so I've got both. And, and, yeah. and so I was able to talk to my wife always. Like I'd struggle and, and it, it, I, I could go a few days or without yeah. with hiding it or whatever. But then it, I'm like, honey, I struggled again. And, yeah. and I'd, yeah. I'd come to her. And, and she is a saint of a woman. She's incredible. And, but experiences that she had where she overreacted to a friend and then a friend didn't want to talk to her, share anything else with her led her to be prepared to help me, yeah. you know? And so these experiences, we can't, we can't hold them over people, you know, and like er, we, we forgive, we move on. The, each of those experiences that people have are preparing them for different things in their life. Yeah. And so, so not dwelling on the past and not, yeah. not being too anxious about the future, just enjoying the present where we're at. But what I would say is like, make it, make it okay to talk about, yeah, you know, and, uh, for example, we, my, my oldest son, he, he ran into, uh, he, he got sucked into some seductive material, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, um, and we caught it, my wife and I, and we're like, okay, how do we handle this? How do we, and we're just praying and praying and like, I want this to be an amazing experience talking about him because we've, yeah. we've, we had had these conversations yeah. with him. We'd, sure, yeah. you know, read, there's great books out there that you can read to your kids about good images, bad images and, mm -hmm. and things. And, and, but when it really happens, then you're like, yeah, you feel horrible. You do. And you feel so yeah. much shame. And, yeah. and so I, it was midnight and I, I just, I, uh, I got up and I went to the kitchen and my son woke up to go to the bathroom. I said, Hey, will you come talk to mom and I real quick? And we, I, cause I also knew my, uh, my wife wasn't going to sleep <laughs> thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and we walked in and we, we sat him down and we're like, you've been carrying a big weight lately, haven't you? And, and so and we just shared what, yeah. what we had found and he's like oh like I was, uh, he, he just, you could see him just like 
relieved that we were addressing the issue with him and talking because he had been in a, in a loving way. Yeah. And super loving because I was also noticing in his behavior that he was pulling away from the family. Yeah. He was pulling away more and more. And, and I was just wondering what was going on. And then we had this gift of finding it and we, we talked to him and, and my wife was like, do you see your dad? Is, is your dad a bad person? Like, no, I, you know, and, yeah. and he's gone through this. He's struggled with this and, and you're not a bad person either. You're not That's a awesome. bad person. And, and so being it. able to, to talk about it and ever, like I talked to him the next night about it and he was alive. He was just so filled with light. He said that he went back to his bed and just cried in gratitude that that weight oh, had been man. lifted and that we had had that conversation. That's awesome. And, um, and now he and I are on a different level yeah. together and our conversations are open and yeah. just, Wow. So that's amazing for any parent listening right now. That is a very effective way. You want them to feel like that they can come tell you anything because yeah. if they don't, you, you, they'll shut down, they'll hide it, and they'll just struggle, and it gets worse. Yeah, and how so thankful how thankful I am yeah. that my dad did react the way that for he sure. did. For sure. So that it prepared me for that moment. Absolutely. And so, And I'm yeah. always saying this, life happens for you. Yeah. Think about it, life happens for you. I mean, all these epiphanies and these spiritual experiences you're having now about singing and how the health benefits and all this, you're just seeing it because you've been in the darkness. And now I, I have a beautiful saying, it's not mine. It's James Allen. He says, the greater the darkness, the greater the light. Yeah. And that's really what's going on. And I'm seeing this through your story throughout your whole life, actually. And man, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm going to kind of ask a similar question, but mm-hmm. a little different. If there's someone listening to your voice right now who's struggling at this very moment, they're in a dark, dark place. What would you tell them? I would say... There is hope. This feeling that you feel, Mm -hmm. it may seem just, I couldn't comprehend it. I couldn't comprehend that I would feel the way I feel now back then. You feel so trapped. You may feel just so lost and, and so worthless. But you are so worthy. You have so much greatness in you. And Hmm. there is hope in, in the path enjoy enjoy the journey reach out get the darkness out of of you and and one way is is gratitude gratitude Mm -hmm. is a huge key uh, to helping start to unlock that sure finding gratitude in everything around you yeah yeah but um also uh there there are tools learn the tools You, you are there are so many we live in a day when the the tools and resources to overcome these things have never been more prevalent. And so it takes just taking that step in, uh, go, go to a therapy session, put yourself out there, become vulnerable and you can start your healing process, get, get it out from you so you can better have clearer your vision and be able to see it for what it is. Yeah. Wow. Beautifully said. Great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Well, you know, Joshua, I think the world of you, you're an amazing human being and uh, I'm a better person for knowing you. And anyone listening to this right now, they're better for it. So thank you for being willing to come share your story with us today. Thank you. And I feel the same about you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I'm grateful to have you on my team, man. 
That's awesome. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, I told you this was going to be another good one. I, I know I say that all the time, but they just seem to get better and better and better, man. People are amazing. I just love that people are willing to come on this show and be vulnerable and just share what they've been through. I mean, this is not an easy subject to talk about, but but he obviously has no shame around it anymore. It's out in the light, like he says. And if you have a family member or a loved one, share this episode with them if they're struggling with something. And you're not, you might think it's pornography, it might be something else, but they'll get some inspiration by listening to Joshua's words and hopefully they'll um, reach back out to you. If not, you, it gives you a good talking point to go ask them, hey, what'd you think of that episode? So please share it like you guys always do. Again, thanks to my sponsors. I love you guys. And uh, Joshua, last thank you to you. Thank you for all you do, man. Thanks. Okay. Till next time, everyone. Take care. <laughs>